Welcome to Missions Corner. Our goal at Missions Corner is to bring you stories straight from the mission fields, both locally and from around the world, in hopes of inspiring you to get out and go live the abundant life that Jesus has called you to. Still as true today as when Jesus first said it, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Today we catch up with Jason Pranzo and Pastor Bill Smith of Calvary Chapel Minot for the second part of our conversation with Pastor Dave Chafee of Agents for Christ and the 10th Hour Project. Pastor Dave has committed his life to building disciples and sending them out on the mission field equipped to share the gospel. We continue our discussion of the 10th Hour Project and we'll hear some of Pastor Dave's stories from the mission field of Uganda. Let's listen in. The way he does things, and I think we should send him to Ashunga to to bring yeah. our little station that we've got on Amen. a computer over there, and uh, you know, drop it off. And Amen. That that would be awesome. Yeah, we're still praying. You know, I know Bill wants a license for that. Yeah, and he's. I don't know where we're at on that. That's that's what's holding really it up is that. Yeah, I have nothing to send it to. You know, until yeah, let's. Let's keep that praying because, okay. you know, I don't know if it's sometimes, <laughs> you know, sad, sad as it is, third world countries, we oh, might yeah. be able to purchase the license from the people who say there is no license. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you might have to so grease a few palms along the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, know, well the, way of, the way of the third world. Of course. Yeah. Well, my yeah. bags are packed. So you're just yeah, just yeah, throwing yeah, that out there, grand. and that's part of our yeah. vision at KFLK is to is yeah. to help and build other stations and send them out and just keep broadcasting God's word. Amen. Until He comes. Amen. Until Amen. He comes, bro. Yes. Amen. Amen. That would be a great blessing in Ashunga. I know there's not a lot. There's I think there's one radio station. Right. Um, so to to bring another station with different content and especially directed toward the youth, I think would be huge. Yeah. So. Yeah. So let's pray. <laughs> All right. Amen to that. Uh, so I, I'm sure of four years of the 10th hour project, you probably have some pretty good stories. You mind sharing any? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, gosh, man, lives changed, you know, yeah. um, the Lord has been so faithful to bring kids in here and I call them kids, but they're young adults. You know, I probably shouldn't call them kids because I'm trying to make them men and women of God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, Amen. um, they uh they come a lot of times they come believe it or not even raised in calvary chapel legalistic they come thinking i have to be a good boy or god won't love me yeah Um, i have to be a good girl i have to toe the line i have to do the right thing and then jesus will love me Uh, i can just really really not understanding grace really not having a clear picture of god's mercy and grace and so man once that clicks everything changes right and we really we really i get a lot of i get a lot of students to uh read chuck smith's book why grace changes everything and it really Mm -hmm. just revolutionizes their idea of god and it's just such a clear picture of mercy and grace not getting what we deserve you know yeah and working from there right yeah god once he changes our hearts the work that we do is from gratitude you'll never you'll never sustain a christian walk under the weight of trying to earn it right legalism you'll never you'll drop out and yeah grace is a big thing that we want to communicate to our students because a lot of times when they're a lot of times yeah when they're a lot of times when they come they're they're very stuck on just um works you know yeah and even if you're raised in a calvary chapel where you're taught the word of god and we focus on grace there's still this built-in thing 
in your heart and in your mind to say, I have to be good and then Jesus will love me. And it's just, it's a demonic gospel. <laughs> it's another gospel, right? Absolutely. Because Jesus paid it all. You put your trust in him and he is good. <laughs> right? Amen. Amen. That is and for sure. <laughs> and he saves you and redeems you yep. and calls you his friend. So, man, once that clicks with students, we see such powerful things happen in their life. We had a young man from my home church in Portland, and he really struggled with that, with legalism and earning God's favor. And he, once he got a hold of God's grace, man, he just became an evangelist. Everywhere yeah. we went, he was sharing the gospel. He was loving people, was serving people. And uh, even after he graduated, he actually is now in the Congo. He's a missionary in the Congo, serving no the Lord and just, just filled with the love of God. You, you know, it's funny, you, you learn to become dependent on God and it becomes, mm. uh, you know, like, uh, uh, it, it becomes addictive. You know, I, yeah. it's, it's interesting because you, you think about, we're raised to believe the American dream, right? And, and even still, I see missionaries and, you know, I'm kind of living the American dream, being retired from the Air Force. Um, I have, you know, my house with three kids and my wife and, you know, kind of live in the American dream, collecting a retirement. Yeah. Um, well, I get to, uh, you know, work at the radio station and be part of ministry. But then there's times where you see missionaries come in and they, you know, they're talking about, you know, how they live day by day. And literally, like we had one guy by the name of Larry Stevens, who literally had no income, lived in a van and traveled around the country from nursing home to nursing home, um, mm. sharing the gospel and playing old hymns and just ministering to folks in old folks' home. He's been doing this for 17 yeah. years. And he said the yeah. most he's ever had in his wallet at one time was $200 and the least he's had is five, but he's never gone yeah. without within those seven, in those 17 years. You know, it's and you, God's miracles. isn't it? And it just flies yeah. in the face of the American dream, which is, you know, he who dies with the most toys wins, you know? Amen. Yeah. It and, seems to be that dependency brings freedom. Doesn't it? And the yes. American American dream is kind of bondage. Doesn't it? You know? It is. It, it, it's it, actually slavery. It, yep. it, it's counterintuitive yeah. to what we're taught. Yeah. We really teach our students. We, we do a lot of study on the persecuted church because they are the ones flourishing and growing when they have nothing and they need God all the more. And we, we actually, there's a story about a, a couple that moved from Iran to the United States. They're Christians. And, um, after a few months in, in the United States, the wife is telling her husband, I want to go back to Iran. Right. And he's thinking, are you crazy? Like we, we escaped, you know, severe persecution. Yeah. And she said, well, there's a satanic lullaby playing over the West, playing over the Christians here in this country. And it's lulling them to sleep. And I'm getting, I'm getting sleepy and yeah. I want to get out of yeah. here. You know, that's a different, that's a whole different type of persecution. Yeah. It's a, it's a violin playing over you saying, you know, yeah. lulling you to sleep. That's right. Yeah. So, Meanwhile, they're fighting yeah, for their lives every day. Yeah. And they're praying for us, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, so, it's a, it's God's upside down kingdom, right? That's right. It is. <laughs> yep. It Absolutely. is. And, and while he, he, he afflicts the comfortable while comfor comforting the afflicted. Yeah, I, I kind of wonder just to just the state of affairs, you know, the political climate and things that are going on, you know, in our country. I, I can't imagine that God is going to leave us comfortable much longer. No, yeah, I mean, 
it's a sad state of affairs, you know, but it's uh, also very exciting because Jesus told us this is what would happen, which what would take place. Just as the days of Noah, so will it be when the son, coming of the Son of Man. I and mean, that's what we're seeing, you know, wickedness, uh, violence, sexual immorality, impurity of every kind, calling good evil, evil good. Yeah. Man, praise God. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and he's coming soon. Amen. Yeah, and no, and I love it because you know the ministry that your your ministry um, it teaches people to become completely dependent on God and live dependently on God uh, and and solely on His dependence, not on our own strength. And uh, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, that's still a tough one for me. I've been in the Lord thirteen years, and I still find myself going, "Well, I got to take care of this. I got to take care of this. Don't worry about it, God. I got this." You know. Yeah, yeah, it's a difficult thing because, like I said, we live in a very comfortable country. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, we are. Don't get me wrong. I'm very, very grateful. You know, anytime I get home from a third world country, I'm kissing the ground and thanking God for the ability to drive on a street. Sure. You know, and that yeah. has street lights and and everybody's actually doing what the street lights are telling them to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. At the same time. You know, I, I, I come back, it's bittersweet. I come out of the third world yeah. and and, and I, I like being back home, but then I get angry at, at what we've become so accustomed right. to. Yeah. And and what it's really yeah, cost we, us when I meet these poor families who where love prevails in their home and, and they're not mm-hmm. so stressed out about the bills at the end of the month. They're just living until tomorrow, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's so yeah, much and they, freedom. And they have joy, yeah. right? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's yeah, it's an yeah. interesting thing, isn't it? A, it's a blessing to be with people um, mm-hmm. that you know they they depend on Jesus for every yeah. breath and every bite of food, right? To make it tomorrow with health, the health issues they have. There's no doctor, you know. So it's Christ. Christ is all. Yeah, so, it, yeah. absolutely. It's it's humbling. It's very humbling. It is. Uh, I was gonna say in in Uganda, you know, we do home visits sometimes, and then. The people are just so very welcoming. They're very humble. Yeah. And they want you to touch their food. Like if you're in their in their house and you're going to have food with them or pray with them, they, they ask you to touch the food and pray over it. And like, they, I don't know, it's just, it's really humbling. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You feel like you should, you should be praying over me. <laughs> you yeah. Know? But, yeah. You know, I don't have anything compared to you, you know? Yeah. Well, you look at the faith that it takes to live like that every day, and that's just everyday living. Yeah, um, amen. You know, I had uh, from a I met in a previous church before I moved back to North Dakota. There was a a man. He was from India. He was a a he actually does what you do, um, but in India he trains mm. missionaries. He and he trains uh, people how to share the gospel and how to teach others to teach the gospel. And this is in India that he does it. And it's interesting to see that, you know, he has a, a wife and I think it's seven or eight kids. When you talk about poverty, you know, it's a, a very, very impoverished country. They don't have much. They live in, it's like a one or two room house together. You know, most of them sleep in one bed together. And when he mm-hmm. talks about going out, it's it's a very real thing persecution of Christians there and that very very real thing that he could lose his life that he would be executed for being a Christian Um, and the law is not going to do anything about it they'll look the other way 
you know, yeah. and he, but he would speak very matter of fact about being sharing the gospel and I may not come home. And he was just, yeah. but you could see a piece with him about it. It wasn't a, you know, it wasn't being said for show or for shock value. This was just daily living for him. And and it's, and a, that's how yeah. 99% of the church lives that way. Right. You yeah. Know? And you ask them, you know, I was, there's a, a documentary about the church and, the, the the persecuted church called the insanity of God, mm-hmm. pretty good, pretty good documentary. But in it, they're asking him, you know, how do you put up with, how do you deal with persecution? You know, and they're like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> they, this, that's all we know. So just like the sun rises, yeah, we experience persecution. Yeah. So it's like, it's so to us, it's like so otherly. But if you look through the book of Acts, that's all it was. Yeah. You look through every, every letter that Paul wrote. So, I mean, it's a danger to us if we're not persecuted, I think. You know, I always wonder about my own walk with Jesus. Like, am I willing to suffer anything for, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you go out on the street. I, I, sometimes, I, you know, sometimes when we evangelize, you know, there's a tendency for me just to struggle to say, listen, if you do not put your trust in Christ, you will perish. Yeah. If you do not put your trust in Jesus Christ, you are going to, perish in your sin and you're going to burn in hell for all eternity that's a, i mean no one wants to hear that message no and we don't want to preach it <laughs> no you know no but we it don't is the truth of the gospel so a lot of times i'm i'm just you know i'm really saying lord why are we not persecuted well because we don't tell the truth yeah you know the truth of the gospel yes jesus loves you he loves you more than anyone ever could and he will give you eternal life but if you do not turn to him, you will perish in your sin. This is the gospel. And this is what turns the world upside down, right? When the, when the, when the apostles went into a town, it says they turned the whole world upside down. Why? Because they confronted lies. Absolutely. They confronted where you're at in your life and the things that you believe. And they said, this isn't the truth. This is, you know? So, man, yeah. God help us to, to, to teach the truth, you know? Amen. Um, well, I look at the <laughs> yeah, I look yeah. at the state of affairs in our country. Um, I actually just this weekend went to a. Um, it was actually the first of its kind in North Dakota, but it was a a transgender theory conference. It was a conservative Christian group that put it on that brought in people that were outside educators and they were who would bring empirical data on the evils mm, uh, uh, of the transgender movement and the lies that mm-hmm. are being spread. And really, you can look at, you can tie it back to the church, not evangelizing. You can, and you bring it back to the church, not giving the whole gospel. You know, you you hear it a lot. And and, and you even mentioned it. uh, You even mentioned it. um, We're we're afraid to tell people the truth because really at the end of the day, it's because we're afraid of not being liked. You know, we're we're afraid of being, yeah, we're afraid of being rejected by man. You know, that, that, that verse that Jesus said, you know, if you, you deny me before man, I deny you before the Father. That kind of scares me, you know, and if, if we could have a little more fear, you know. Yeah, I, well, I mean, if, do, we, do we truly love people? Yeah. If we love them, we'll tell them the truth because true love demands truth. Right. Amen. Right? If I love you, I have to tell you the truth. I mean, if you're married and you're lying to your spouse all the time, do you love her? You know, that's, that's, not, that's not love. No. So if I tell a person who is caught in sexual immorality in a trans life or whatever life, if I tell them it's okay for them to live that way, do I really love them? 
you know, I was just watching a video the other day of a young girl, 16, and it makes me, breaks my heart to think about it. Just, she was transitioning and she's, you know I mean? Mm. She's wanting, she's like, I'm wrecked. Yeah. Uh, she lost all her hair, taking testosterone. Oh. Her voice is super deep. And now she's realizing like, I'm not a boy. Yeah. You know, and like now she has this just horrifying scars on her life. Of course, Jesus can save anybody. He can redeem her life and use her in a powerful way and transform her heart and give her joy. You know? Absolutely. That is, that is the power of the gospel. But just to see this people, adults telling kids these kind of things that this is going to make, this is going to make you better. This is going to satisfy you. Yeah. There is no satisfaction outside of Christ and you can cover yourself. You can mutilate yourself. You can, you know, you can take every type of substance and still, man, you're empty. So it is, yeah, it's heartbreaking. And if we tell people the truth, no, this isn't going to save you. This isn't going to heal you. Jesus will, you know, and love them enough to tell them, you know, that's, Amen. God, get, give us the, give us the boldness, right? Amen. <laughs> come, come Amen. what may. Amen. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, so you've been to Uganda yourself, right? Yeah, I've been there several times. Several times. So can you tell us about that? Uh, what it's, what's it like? Uh, I, Uganda is beautiful. Um, as far as like the landscape, very beautiful place. Um, Ishunga, Uganda is out in, it's up in the mountains mm -hmm. and it's very, very fertile place. Yeah. Um, in the lower levels, it's super hot, super humid. You know, some areas in Tebe, Kampala, those areas are more, um, a little dry, not drier, yeah, hotter and, uh, more, yeah, dry climate, I guess. Yeah. And uh, Ishunga is a lot more rain and, uh. Very beautiful, very fertile, pineapples everywhere, plantains, you know, they call it matoke, mm -hmm. matoke trees everywhere. Yeah. Um, the people are very warm and uh, gracious people, um, kind people. What's it and, like uh, uh, what's it what's it like sharing the gospel there? Uh, people are very open. So I mean you can have a conversation with a Muslim and he'll stop and have a long chat with you most most of the time. You know, some of them get angry. Yeah, you know we've been in Muslim areas where we need to get out. <laughs> yeah, know? let's get out yeah. of here pretty fast. Yeah, uh, but for the most part, people are open to have a conversation, mm -hmm. um, and so people are very open to the gospel. the The struggle is, and it's probably in most um, third world countries, is because you are white and you're from America. They they want to tell you whatever you know you want to hear because they they want they believe you're the ticket to paradise or the ticket to a better life, you know? Yeah. If they only knew. So, so that, that's the struggle is like to see hearts actually changed, you know? Yeah. Um, by the power of the gospel. So like say a student going to Uganda, what, you know, what's a day in the life like when they, when they're, when they're there? Cause I mean, this is, it's a, a big departure from the U S you know, going from the U S yeah, to so a third world. Um, we live, we have a mission center there. So they live in the mission center, it's similar to where they're here. They have bunk, you know, they have a bunk and a little cubby and, you know, they have their little stuff there in their, in their room. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're basically serving from 6am to 6pm. They're, you know I mean? They're, they're serving in the school and the church. Yeah. Um, they're, like I said, they, they're tutoring kids in the school. They're helping the teachers with stuff. 
Um, they do a lot of admin for the school, grading papers, those kind of things. Yeah. Um, they're, they're discipling young people twice a week. Um, they're going out and doing outreach in the villages mm-hmm. on the weekends. Um, they might serve in the medical clinic doing different things, taking temperatures and, you know, um, yeah. helping the nurses. So we have two full-time RNs at the clinic. So they'll serve under them if that's, if that's their calling. Yeah. Um, but basically, yeah, it's, uh, lives at the mission center. Most of the time they're there at the school and at the mission center. Yeah. Um, just pouring out. So, um, that must be great though, to have a, a, a set location there that, you know, on the other side of the world where you can go and you can bring people and train them up right there, um, right on the ground. You know, uh, they get yeah. boots on the ground and, and right into the real world and, and out where it's uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's somehow, you know, somehow comfortable. Not obviously like the United States, but they do yeah. have a bunk and it's safe and, you know, and all that stuff. And so, but yeah, they, they really do learn, you know, quickly um, how privileged they are to live in the United States, you know, and just the things that they see over there that radically changes their life. You know, yeah. I think it fosters gratitude for sure. You know, when they see how other people live and they're so mm-hmm. filled with joy, yeah, they really take an inventory of their own heart and say, why am I not joyful? <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, yeah. God has blessed me so much. It really does transform their, their minds and their hearts and give them um, gratitude. I, one of our girls from the last term, you know, you hit the ground and you smell, trash you smell burning rubber mm-hmm. you smell, you know you just smell yeah. all these things it's super hot super humid yeah you get off the plane you're like wow man yeah actually so one of the uh, girls was like, yeah she got on she got on the bus to head to shingen she's like i can't do this <laughs> it's like yeah first thing you know but then man god did such a great work in her because yeah you know she was totally uncomfortable and thought what am i doing here i can't do this and the Lord met her there really to transform her life. So it is a great experience, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, you, you look at how radical the circumstances are, the more radical to that person, the more radical what God does. Yeah. He just touched her heart, you know, with the love for these kids, you know, there's 500 kids in the school, you know, and, and God just melts your heart when you see these kids, how they just want love, you know? Um, yeah. A lot of times kids, kids are just treated like, uh, luggage sometimes, you know, in, in third world countries, there's so many kids and mm-hmm. nobody has any money. And so sometimes they're just a burden. Yeah. And so to love on them, to love mm-hmm. on them is, is a huge life changer. You know, we had a one young man that went over to Uganda and he, he has a high functioning autism Asperger. So he's super germaphobe. Yeah. Super like, uh, you know, worried about everything. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he went over there and he, he just, the Lord just gave him such a love for these kids, you know, and they've got dirt all over their face, boogers all over, you know, <laughs> noses, you know, and just, yeah. and just, uh, he just really loved them. And when he came back, we were heading back to the Las Cruces from the airport. And I'm like, Johnny, what did God do in your life, man? And he just starts weeping <laughs> and makes me cry thinking about it. He just starts weeping. Wow. No, sorry, I was getting choked up. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, he says, I don't, he said, man, they were all dirty and boogers everywhere, and I loved them and they kissed me and I hugged them. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, he's like, I didn't care. I didn't care. Wow. 
Wow, that's amazing. It's just amazing what God does. God radically changed his life, you know, and he learned to love people and and he got over all his little hangups, you know. Yeah. It was like none of that mattered when when uh God uses you to love others. Yeah. Amen. So powerful. Powerful. Amen. So yeah, you know, God God does amazing things over there, you know. And just learning about his grace and letting him transform your life, you know. When you guys know once you really meet Jesus, um, there is no other life. Amen. So praise him. Amen. <laughs> sure. Amen. So I, I've got a couple of questions, and these are more on the admin side of things. Yeah. I'm sure there's some folks listening right now that are, their hearts are being pierced, you know, like they're, they're feeling that draw that God is calling them. How can people become a student? Um, yeah, um, you, we have a website, so 10thHour.org. They can go there and learn more about 10th Hour and how to sign up. There's an application process, so you have to fill out the application. We really want people that are, yeah, they're wanting to grow in Christ, you know, not take a vacation, not, you know what I mean, take eight months to check out. Before they Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us on the next episode of Missions Corner for the third and final part of our interview with Pastor Dave Chafee of Agents for Christ and the 10th Hour Project. At Missions Corner, we pray that this episode has fueled your passion to fully live the life Jesus has called you to. As the Apostle Paul reminds us in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, Jesus saved us for a reason. He gave us a purpose. That purpose is to win people to Christ, disciple them in Christ, and send them out for Christ. You can listen to this podcast on demand for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Overcast, or visit missionscorner.com. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord has greatly blessed you.